Hello, good morning, everyone out there at the Zoom service. Welcome to Tribe Church Online Zoom, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're watching this tomorrow or later on this week, just want to extend a, um, a greeting to you warmly. Um, this is the Sunday after Christmas. And actually, I think I've counted for the past 20 years, I've preached like 15 out of the 20 years the week between Christmas and New Year's. And sometimes that was like in uh, Mexico or half the time that was in Mexico or you know Berkeley, Oakland. And uh, it's just kind of worked out that way and it's worked out this way again this year. But we're gonna do something a little differently. We're gonna be sort of interplaying songs with scripture. And I'll say a brief word, you know, anywhere from two to five minutes after each scripture reading. Um, so it'll be a little different, and I'm hoping that we'll just work through it and that you will be blessed this morning. Uh, before I hand it off to Damon for um, our first song, which is O Come All Ye Faithful, uh, would you join me in a prayer? Lord, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for just how good, how wonderful you've been to us. Lord, we lift up everyone that's, that's within this service. May you just be bringing peace unto people's homes. May you be, be bringing joy. Uh, may you just be bringing a spirit of, of community and of love. We thank you so much that you are alive and you are present in our lives and you don't leave us alone. Help us, God, to not leave each other alone. And may this act today of just signing it in with each other, even though we're not physically present, Lord, may this be an act of not leaving each other alone, but opening our hearts to one another and being in solidarity with each other to really lift up our hearts and our voices and spirit and truth to, to say that, that, that you are wonderful, that you are a God and you're worthy. We are able to ask all these things and say these things in forgiveness because of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thanks. Amen. Thank you, Drew. And good morning, everybody. Uh, we're going to start off with, Oh, come all ye faithful. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Everybody, um, I'll be reading the scripture, Isaiah 53, 3. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised. And we held him in low, low esteem. Thank you, Mimi. Thank you, Damon. From the womb. 
Jesus experienced rejection and disdain. So if you're feeling down at all, for whatever reason, during the season of supposed joy and family and community, even though it's hard to connect physically, just know that Jesus knows and understands because it says here that he was a man of suffering. That was written hundreds of years before Matthew 1 was written where it says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Hundreds of years ago, it was prophesied before Jesus's birth that he would be born just to great conflict you figured it would be way out there, which we're going to talk about today some through looking at Luke 2, Matthew 1, Matthew 2. Uh, Dennis and I and Alyssa, we didn't talk about this as, you know, Dennis was preparing the, the devotions. It just happened to work out that way that God has put this on my heart. But little did Jesus know, I mean, Jesus knew little that we know that Jesus would experience the type of conflict and great struggle just within his own household while still in his mother's womb. You see the struggle of Joseph here, Jesus's dad, that when he found out that his fiance Mary was pregnant, but to it, you know, with a baby, but not his own. Uh, he was really stuck as any one of us would be stuck in that situation and it's just so tough. You know, our actions, our wrongdoings, even our right doings can cause great pain. I mean, the misunderstanding, the miscommunication. I mean, Dennis went over all of this. The fear that seizes us and takes over is so real. At best, our response is sort of look to the law. And, and some of you guys might be the law or the rules. And some of you guys, but I don't follow no rules. It's like, let me use another word. We look to our code our integrity, our pride, our honor, whatever that might be, however you would classify that, whenever things go haywire out there, we sort of look to like, who am I? And, and sort of this hope that that, that, that that righteousness, even though we wouldn't call it like a, a righteousness that's just for everybody, but it's a righteousness to us that somehow will save us and make us right. And eventually it'll it, it pay off and make us clean and, and not have us suffer so much. But really this code, like everything else in life, this integrity, this pride, um, when apart from God, what they lead to ultimately is just simply where everything else leads, which is judgment and loneliness. And I've just seen in in the course of you know my relationships with human beings that this is one of the most toxic things that we're afraid of that happens is that we will open up our hearts a little bit that we will just soften our stance just a little bit that that we'll just give in a little bit and there'll be judgment and there'll be rejection this is a really, really tough thing, you know, to deal with. And so like Joseph, we're, we're, you know, ruled by fear. And then we sort of just kind of push everything away and we go back to our code. Jesus was just more than familiar with all of this. And he was familiar with this in his mother's womb as he's feeling his mother's stress from Joseph's, you know, silent treatment, whatever that was. He was walking into a world, Jesus was, where no one believed and everyone despised. It says in Isaiah 53, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised. And we held him 
and low esteem. So you see from hundreds of years before Jesus was born that since Jesus was in the womb, he experienced rejection, abandonment, disbelief, suffering and pain, not out there, but even within his own family. Joseph got over it. He moved on. And I think I'm going to invite BK here in just a few seconds to, to share about sort of moving on away from fear and onto the path that God has for us. But know that Jesus knows that it's so easy to live in fear, ruled by it, and not even know it because we cover up our feel, our fear, our pain, you know, with strength and this code and, and closing our hearts off, not knowing that we're closing ourselves off to relationships, people, and God. May it not be that way. May we not be ruled by fear. BK, if you want to come on and share briefly. I just uh, wanted to share the comfort I find in what the angel says to Joseph. Angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And here the angel is telling him not to be afraid, to to continue on the path that he was already going to do. He, he, um, before he found out about Jesus, they, he, Joseph was going to mar marry Mary. And when he found out something new that put fear in his heart and that almost uh, misled him away from the mission that God had for him. And I think about times when I was afraid of some unknown, some something that I didn't really know how it was going to end up. And it, it's not always easy to trust in God, but I, I take comfort in God telling us not to be afraid that this is the path that he laid out for us to continue on um, the path that he, he's uh, leading us on. We're going to continue worship with amazing love. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted You were condemned I'm alive and well Your spirit lives within me Because you died and rose again Amazing love How can it be My king would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. And it's my joy to honor you in all I do. I I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit lives within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? 
reading from Matthew chapter 1 verses 20 through 25. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Damon. Love hearing the voices behind there, Damon. You know, as BK said, thank, thank God that our Father in heaven does not leave us alone, but he intervenes, and he intervenes in our fears and our pain and our suffering. And God comes to us in dreams, and you hear about that a lot more outside of the Western world, or perhaps in the Muslim world. You hear about that a lot. Uh, guides us with angels. We've heard that, you know, that that's never stopped generation after generation protects us and puts us on the right path. And most of the time, how God, I, I believe, loves to show himself his number one uh, method of just intervening and showing that he cares how he comes to us. And what I've seen in my time, my lifetime, at the least, is through people. Um, thank God that he sends people in our lives, just to talk things over with, to, to pray with us. Uh, you know, after this angel, uh, you know, Mary and, and her cousins, and, and they would, they were would able to be with family. Um, you know, God sends us people and, and God sending us, you know, signs and visions and dreams really has nothing to do with us. Cause usually we're contributing to the mess actually and there's not a whole lot to feel good about on our side. But what there is to feel good about is that God has not abandoned us. He hasn't left us alone. God hasn't rejected us. God gives us a vision and a hope. And he's telling us, do not be afraid. You don't need to, you don't need to go there. I'm with you even though your situation looks bad. I know. And it looks like your life is ruined. I will work it out and I will save you from the situation. The situation might ruin you, but still I am here with you. Now, David said, though he slay me, I will yet praise him. I'm not on that level, 
May I get to that level one day? May we get closer to that, even though we may never get there, a man after God's own heart, but may we move closer to that, knowing that God will save us. God often gives a word, some scripture, some reminder, something to hold on to. And in, in this case, it was Emmanuel, just straight up God with us. What better word in times of trouble than God is among us, he's with us, he's between us, he's around us, he's, he's everywhere. God hasn't left us, God will never leave us. You know, despite uh, your fears, and there's good reason to be afraid, will you go with God? Will you trust God? Will it be to trust in Emmanuel, in Jesus? Will you trust more what God is doing for you and in you and around you and inside you rather than what the world is doing around you? Amen. Luke 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the child to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in, the, in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. I think one of the beautiful things about... Uh, Jesus' story, 
whites, just so, so unique. And you see how over centuries and time, things could be like fabricated and, and you could just really lay it on thick. Uh, I don't know, as I just read this year in, year out, some years it hits me more than others. What I appreciate the most is just the backdrop of the struggle that Jesus was really born into a world of suffering and pain. Again, not in this out there benign way, but in this very personal way that there was this world bent on killing him, not just any ruler, but him, that within his own family, he was born an alien in his own land. He had no real rights. His family had to pay taxes, but they were not citizens. They had no papers that, and even amongst his own people, his own ethnicity, he was seen as second class at best. Um, you know, he had to go back to the city where his family was from. And they were from Nazareth, but Nazareth, but they looked down upon them because Nazareth was a place known that, that you didn't stop there. You just simply passed through because there was nothing worth stopping for, nothing noteworthy. And I used to say like, oh yeah, Oakland's like Nazareth. Oakland, <laughs> I just had that completely wrong. We have like Tom Hanks and Too Short, The Lake, good weather. We've got a lot of stuff going. People want to stop here. People want to live here. It's beautiful. You have the hills, you have the ocean or the bay. I would say, uh, and please don't be offended if you're from here. I'm just trying to make a point of, you know, Nazareth is more closer to Stockton or, or Bakersfield. You don't stop. You just pass through to get to LA, to get to San Diego. It's hot, it's muggy, it's smelly. And you're, it's a place where people have to live because you're pushed out and you have to produce there because it's good land. The weather's hot for you to produce artichokes or whatever it is that's being produced there. And, and this was Jesus and his family, that even though they had nothing, no real rights, no citizenship, they're still required to take a census to be counted, not because their lives mattered. No, it's because the oppressor's wealth mattered. And so the oppressor wanted to count their subjects like cattle, like little ch chickens. And what's being counted is how many eggs can be produced. And Jesus was born into this impression, how and, and that's how he ended up in this little town, barn or basement. It's a world of wretchedness, wretchedness and ratchetness. That's what he was born into. I mean, I think we as a nation, the USA, and we're all culpable in this. We, we took slavery to a whole nother level, racism, profit making, but it's always been there. We have so much to answer for as a race and yet we cannot pay the price. What a God we have that, that he sent his own son to answer for us. It says in Isaiah 53, 4, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him inequity of a soul. I'm going to invite Jose to come and share and, you know, uh, and really in the vein of, of, of testifying that even though we have a lot of struggle, a lot of pain, and we might have gone through it, uh, God is still blessing and giving tremendous gifts. Obviously the best gift in the world is our children, but God has given up his, his child here as a gift to us. And so, you know, how has God blessed you? And how is that affecting you moving forward? So just want to give it up to Jose now. Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Jose Uribe. Um, I, I came, I met Drew about two to three years ago. Briefly, I met him through a through an event at school through Nisha. And uh, we've seen each other here throughout the years, the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, my wife started working for the clinica and like always, she volunteered me to do something. I had to do a stage for the kids at school. And I got to know Drew a little more there, here and there. And then as time came by, we're here now with this pandemic. And, you know, I came, I was at a place at the moment when I came to Trav where it was a little rough for me work-wise. I mean, not family-wise, just within myself. Um, I feel like I didn't belong at a place. So I took a time off work. 
I was having trouble at work. I decided to take time off work before I didn't did something that I shouldn't I shouldn't do. My old self would want to come out, and uh, I told Drew. I said, "Hey, I'm, I'm available. I can come to work for you. Whatever you know, just put me to do anything. I don't matter." And I felt like I was I didn't have a sense of purpose at the moment, as far as it goes, my work wise, where I was heading to. And and like Drew said, you know, people come in your life. Before I met my wife, I was in a wrong, wrong, bad place. And I met my wife and my wife was, she was just for the life that I'm at now, not for the life I was in. And she, uh, she walked away from me and said it was, it was, she couldn't be with me because of the person I was. So I, I decided to quit that. And I, she was the light, the light to my life that where I'm at now to where I met Drew. I'm, I met, I mean, I met everybody at Tribe. Tribe's been great. Drew's been great, great. Drew's a great man. And uh, he gave me purpose again. I got my little guys. They're my life, my wife, my life. You know, like Drew said, God puts people in our path. It's our choice to decide what we do, how, how, we, how we decide what we do, the people we meet, how we handle it. And um, I've been blessed. I'm blessed to know tribe. I'm blessed to be part of tribe now. You know, how I, I gave up on believing on people, on friends, from my past of what I've been through. And uh, Tribe itself, Drew, the people with Tribe that I work with, has shown me that I can believe in people again. Um, coming, coming this year, I'm gonna teach my kids not to give up on believing in people, on trusting on people. Just because somebody hurts you or does wrong to you, doesn't mean everybody's like that. You know, and this year's gonna be greater than every other year has been. You gotta move forward. The Lord is great, right, guys? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jose. Thank you, Jose. Thank you. We're gonna continue our uh, worship this morning with uh, Little Drummer Boy. told me ba rum bum 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 a newborn king to seek ba rum bum 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 our finest gifts we bring ba rum bum 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 to lay before the king ba rum bum 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 rum bum bum Bum, bum, bum. 
oxen lamb kept time for a bum 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 I played my drum for him for a bum 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 I played my best for him for a bum 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 Then he smiled at me, ba-rum-bum-bum-bum, me and my drum. All right, I will be reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Thank God. Thank you that there's a God who keeps his promises. Amen. Thank God that there's a God who keeps his promises. Because most of the time, most of us can do nothing but live in this world with a constant feeling of helplessness. That we cannot stop this chronic pain and low level suffering. We don't need to go to the emergency room, but we're hurting. And where this fear just never ends. And most of us are just living nearby, doing our thing, keeping watch over what we can, hopeful and doing what we can, but really defenseless and not in control. If this pandemic has shown us anything, it's shown us wave after wave, the latest mutation that this vaccine might not even fight. It's just, we are not in control, y'all. I mean, I did a whole PowerPoint thing of this past year, month by month, what's happened with tribe, what's happened in Oakland. And it's not just this pandemic. We've had fires, we've had lightning that, that caused fires, that caused smoke. We've had power outages. We are not in control. But again, thank God who keeps his promises. Thank God who comes through. God gives a word of vision, a name, Emmanuel. He might have given you a name. One of your name for your children, and, and, and that's something for you to hold on to forever, a hope. And then he makes it come to pass. And it's wonderful. Y'all, we're going to stay at this mountaintop for just a moment before we take it to the valley. But in this stanza, what Nancy just read, it's, it's glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. That's on you, that's on me, that's on our children, that's on our neighbors, that's on our families, y'all. We get to see it, experience it, and share what God has shown us. We get to share with other people and they'll be amazed because God might've been leading them in the same direction, the same journey. God gives us these tremendous moments that we get to keep as memories, as treasures. It's what Jose shared just about his past with, 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 you know, with Maria. And, you know, he just 
sharing co courageously because you could tell that, that those are things that, that we we could tell that because we hold those things so close to our hearts and we remember and we think through and we give gratitude for. And then when we get to share them with other people, what we've seen and experienced, it, it blesses them. But I also want to give just a, a slight just, you know, keep your head up here because because sometimes when we do step out like this and share, it's like the devil is ready just to snatch it. And that's all the more when we have to lean into God's promises and that God is a God who keeps his promises. He's going to come through for us. And he's and we got to lean into the experiences that we've had. And we've got to say glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace. He's saying peace to me and my family and to you and your family because his favor rests with us. How has God blessed you and kept his promises? What has God brought into your life for you to walk, you know, for you to walk with together who, who who has god brought in there you know your partner baby daddy baby mama um, your children maybe an in-law a friend who's god brought into your life in 2020 to really bless you to say glory to god in the highest and how does this change you know how you make decisions in 2021 as bk said not based on fear and there's good reason to fear but instead based on promise based on hope that we do have a God who comes through. Let's sing. Let's sing just like the angels have heard on high. Let's sing as, as, as Damon leads us, glory in the highest heaven. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply echoing their joyous strains gloria in excelsis deo to Bethlehem and see Christ whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King. We now have passages both from Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name that the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said to be in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. 
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized what he had, that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity, who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Okay, y'all, we're going to go into a little bit of a valley and going to be talking about you know, some, some hard stuff that Jesus had to carry all his life. And um, I'll try to, I mean, it's, it's none of it's PG, but I'll try to make it, you know, a little PG. Uh, before I do, I just want to say in passing that uh, I'll never be able to, Drummer Boy is one of my favorite songs. I'm so glad, Damon, you did that, the Christmas Eve service and and you know that you chose to do it this morning too as well but uh saw a meme and and it was actually amy uh had it and i'll never forget it. it's like it was something to the effect of after hours of giving birth and then you know feeding baby jesus and putting him to bed you know, yes what mary asked for was a drum solo so anyway i i just was rolling you know sometimes you're just sitting in bed scrolling and it just brought me a nice little chuckle but anyway that's 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 kind of the lightness and then we're going to go into a little bit of heaviness because jesus was born into the world that wanted to kill him from the start i mean there was great rejoicing when he was born the angels and the shepherds and um you know they all left and the drum solo left uh, you know they from there were just trying to find their way. They didn't really know what to do, so they followed the customs of their tribe to get him circumcised, present him at the temple, to offer sacrifice, basically to present him to his tribe. In Korean culture, we have something that you don't show the baby after the first until the first hundred days is done because there was such a high mortality rate with babies that, and, and it was because of the infections and such that they were really, really um, vulnerable within the first hundred days. And most, a lot of babies, if they died, they died within the first hundred days and so you just did not come out but it was there was a presenting after the hundred days and i think a lot of you know older cultures just without modern medicine had to have this um they were just trying to make their way you know as non-citizens their papers were worthless and even among the undocumented as i said they were seen as lower much like our central american brothers and sisters experience traveling north i mean we just hear about that, especially during COVID, what's come to light are the 18,000 
uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong. It's either 8,000 or 18,000. It's the largest diaspora outside of Guatemala, where you have Mayan, Mum, um, and other native indigenous speaking peoples who are gathered here in the Oakland Bay Area. And so, much like you know our Central American brothers and sisters, Joseph and Mary were trying to make their way and live and live with this gift, this treasure that they've been given and do the best that they could, much like we're trying to do with our families. And, and, and God blessed them as they were figuring it out with these rich men, these wise men, these kings from the East who brought gold, the finest fragrances and oils. And, and they were so happy as we are often happy when a blessing comes out of nowhere, when we really, really need it. Like it, that blessing might signify a change in our lives that 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 God is 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 doing something and, and he is doing something, but that that we're, it's going to look on the up and up. We're not going to have to go back to. And oftentimes that is the case for us. Blessings do signify that. But this was not the case for Jesus. It turned out the gifts from the rich men would be needed for them to survive the next few years because they'd be running for their lives. Just the local government was trying to kill him and they had to flee to another country right away. Um, imagine leaving the land of your birth. It might not be the best country. There might be tons of problems. You don't even have that many rights, but it's your country. And I hear, you know, just again, our brothers and sisters from Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala say the same thing. You know, it's like, I don't want to leave. It's either die next week, tomorrow, or just travel up north. And it's the same thing that Jesus and his family were experiencing. The local king was threatened by Jesus. A number of different reasons. It's all the same, power, money, um, trying to keep your power. And he was ruthless and angry. And not every king does this, but this king did it. That, and this is a picture of what it ends up looking like when you're ruled by fear, is that he ended up killing every infant two years old and younger. I mean, Jesus probably wasn't more than a year old because I'm, I'm taking it from a year before Jesus's birth and a year after, but Herod just to like, for good measure, two year old and under, he didn't have to kill babies that were just born, but he just wanted to be sure because he was angry, he was ruled by fear, we may not take it that far, y'all, but, but we, got, we got some of that in us, too. Um, and there you have just the lamentation from Jeremiah. Voice is heard in Rama, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. May you may we never have to experience this but unfortunately we know what this sound is like we know this voice and it's heard all over oakland weeping in great mourning moms weeping for their sons and their children refusing to be comforted because they are no more we know many moms who've had to experience this and if you're on the line today and you're, or you're hearing this later on throughout this week just may god's comfort and his just ever-present love be with you may he just continue to somehow be with your heart healing though it's never going to be made whole i mean i know this because i see the same pain in my own mother because i've heard that thing and once you hear it one time it doesn't have to be your own mother just once you hear it and whether at the funeral or at the scene of it, it you'll never forget it i think jeremiah heard it too much and he put it into a pro you know into the prophetic and and we now say it thousands of year years later and jesus quotes it um, it's a wail and weeping that you never forget and you know just like we we do jesus's family probably didn't talk about this much but i think jesus carried this it wasn't just the weight of the outside world me and you you know centuries uh, millennia later but i think this is internally something that he carried and we say of course jesus had no guilt of his own 
and maybe guilt is a wrong word. It was just deep sorrow. But I don't know if you will. I might use guilt because this was meant for him. And I, it's estimated that it's anywhere from like 10 to 50 babies. I mean, the Catholic Church says thousands, but just looking at the population of Bethlehem, the surrounding areas, probably like 10 to probably like 20 babies. And you know, just to hold that in his mind and his heart to remember that. It's the worst news he would ever come to know and receive, which is years later, of course. Uh, you know, did you know that when you were born, these many babies, you know, what a conversation to have. It's the worst news he'd ever received, maybe besides receiving the news that his cousin John had just been murdered. Jesus was despised and rejected with no citizenship, no country, and he had to carry this knowledge of lives lost all his life. And that's why Isaiah 53, the prophet, is able to see this pain, see this heart. This is our Lord Jesus. This is what he carries to the cross. This is, this is what, you know, when he's leaving God, who, who being a very nature God, did not consider equality of God something to be grasped. And he came down here and he took upon our guilt and he had this, this other special guilt from this evil that was meant for him and other people, you know, paid that price. And this is what Isaiah says. He said he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested besides the mothers? Y'all, it's always the mothers. It's always the single moms. They're the, they're the ones who are protesting. And it's for a good reason. We need to listen to them. Who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And the Lord makes, and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper. In his hand. We go to this valley to know the depth of the guilt that Jesus carried upon his shoulders for us, for our evil. Just to know the depths of God's love for us. Let's just take this hard, hard meditation in as Damon just leads us on a song all about God's love. Would you sing and worship with me?
Because of your cross, my debt is paid. Because of your blood, my sins are washed away. Now all of my life, I freely give. Because of your love, because of your love, I live. I Okay, so now I will be reading from Isaiah 53, 11. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their inequities. Thank you so much, Jamisha. Thank you, Damon. Thank you, Nancy, Jose, BK. Thank you all for helping to Put together this service and and just really take us help me help me take us through uh, the, just the depth of Jesus's you know first two years, which not only dated back hundreds of years you know, when it was conceived, but since the beginning of time that God had predestined all of this to happen. It's totally mind bending and mind blowing. We'll never understand it. His ways are higher than our ways, but we can come back to Isaiah 53. We can come back to just knowing the depth that Jesus went through in order to be able to forgive our sins. Whether or not you believe that, um, whether or not that, that, um, that hits you right now, just know that if you look into it, if you meditate on it, that there's just something that is truly, truly deep there. Jesus' story. It's, it's unique, not like any other in history. Um, and you will, I've come to find that, that if, if there is a God, then, then that, that path, the gospel, is, is one that, that, that is worthy of God that could actually fulfill the terms of justice and we can be able to receive salvation, receive forgiveness. So that offer is there for you this morning. It's for your children. It's for your friends. It's for those who are out there, who whether through pride or just being lost or whatever, it starts with prayer, but it mainly starts with us first, just coming back to Jesus' story. And it doesn't have to be these first two years. You could look at any snapshot of Jesus's story all the way up to his resurrection, uh, his death and resurrection. You could just see it throughout. And his story is just constantly being written within our lives. And I loved, and I'll just end here, how Jose, through his testimony at the end, was like, you know, 
I've received this and I'm going to pass this on to my children. And we not only have that responsibility, we have that privilege. We also have the, the, um, the power to be able to share that beyond our children and to, to all those. So just as you go, the blessing I'd, I'd like to just speak over all of us is may you go this week, especially into the new year with not yourself, the first person in mind to lose weight, to, to, you know, do all the things we want to do and change, but may it be somebody else that you have in mind. May God give you love and strength for somebody else to be there for. May God give you that compassion and empathy for your neighbor, your brother or sister, for even, shall we say, our enemy. That is the gospel. May God be able to take us there. Let me end us with a prayer. And then uh, BK, will, you can take us off alive after this prayer. I think Alex is going to come in and do a little uh, greeting time. Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for the scriptures. Wow, Lord, it just seems like, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm in it, just need to go lay down and just let it kind of hit us anew. Just the depth of what you carried and the, the depth of what you carry now. For we're constantly hurting each other, which hurts you, and we're constantly directly hurting you. We hold on to our pride. Um, we hold on to our fears like it's... Uh, it's something that's going to save us and protect us and make us in the end justified when it's the whole time just a weight around your neck. Lord. And, and you say to us, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. Well, let, let it be that motion so as we go into this new year, we can just be filled with hope and love and strength for other people to be able to reach out to those that are suffering to those who are on that journey, to those who are undocumented, to those who just don't got Christmas like that, who don't who don't have a place like that, who have a job like that, who just really, Lord, they, they can't just go out and the last thing they're going to do is go get ice cream with their family, Lord, and we can just readily do that. Um, but maybe in this pandemic, we've learned that we can't readily just do that, Lord, that there's we, we're, we're locked up, we're isolated. And, and help, help that to, instead of developing into anger and irritation, develop into empathy, and just more prayers for a world that really needs you. And, and you're using us to be there for them. So thank you so much for this time. Once again, may you just bless everyone on this call and everyone who listened to this call. We ask for all these things and we're able to ask again in Jesus' name. Amen.